0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's
2: B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ladies and gentlemen, record geeks, retired plate spinners, and millennials who want to impress their parents with their record collections. Welcome to the Rhino Cast podcast brought to you by Rhino Records. Get ready for new releases, deep tracks, and conversations with your favorite artists and bands. And balloons for the kiddies. And now, your hosts with the most Rich Mahan and Dennis the Menace. On this episode of the Rhino Podcast, we talk with legendary soul man Sam Moore about his career with Sam and Dave and the stories behind all of the legendary music they made together.
1: Hey, Dennis. Are you ready for some Stax soul action? Hold on. I'm coming. <laughs> I was waiting. Yeah, well, you know, that story alone that Sam Moore, our guest here on the Rhino podcast, tells us about how that song came to be is worth the price of admission alone. But I'm telling you, you're going to want to buy tickets for this entire thing because, I mean, the legendary Sam Moore
2: and, and this is deep. This podcast, we're going in, this great conversation we had with Sam Moore. We go deep into Sam and Dave, how they came together, the hits they created, their hard-hitting live act. There's so much to talk about with Sam, and he was so generous with his time and his enthusiasm. I think that everybody's going to really enjoy this one. The man still has a lot to say. He shed some light on some things, and I want to give it away. I want people to hear it from Sam's point of view, but there's some... Things in here that I have uh, rocked my world about what I thought I knew about the music. And so there's going to be some stuff that's really revelation for folks. I'm excited to share this. You're going to walk away and you're going to know a lot about Sam and Dave. So let's just get into our conversation with Sam Moore on the Rhino Podcast. <laughs>
1: Well, we are here with the legendary Sam Moore on the Rhino Podcast. Sam, where where are you? Where are we talking to you? In Miami! Then we've got a great segue. You are, as far as I know, you are the only man from Miami in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Now, Overtown, what was it like there growing up?
0: Back in the day, fellas, what they have today we didn't have back in the day. If you were looking for a record deal... Nine times out of ten, you didn't get it. And if you had a local record company here, uh, sometimes they would take a local guy and uh, record him, and uh, they would go from maybe Miami to Jacksonville. So that's the beginning of this conversation, how it took Dave and myself, oh, about seven years before we got a, a legitimate a record deal.
1: Wow. And let's see if I'm right here. This is Uh like a little test of research. Uh I think you began at the King of Hearts, which was a a black nightclub in Liberty City, 20th Avenue. Am I right? That's true. Well, you know, at first, it was not
0: a black nightclub. In those days, they called it country and western music. Wow. And the man soon after... They bought it, he became the manager of Sam and Dave, John LaMello. And uh, he turned it into a black club. But uh, that's where it began with Dave and myself.
1: Was that the amateur nights where you met him originally? Listen, guys, what happened
0: was this my buddies and I were telling lies to see who can out lie the other, how <laughs> bad we are, and how this. And I'm the smallest guy in the group, so I take dares. So we walked about this club and up on the window, it said MC wanted to necessarily be able to tell jokes, to run the amateur hour. So my boys, we, we together, we said, Sam, yeah, look at there. I said, what about it? I, said, I bet you won't go for that. Well, I want to be one of the boys. So I said, I'll do it. Yeah, I will. So I walks up and I, the guy's <laughs> father, Mr. Lomello, the old man, is sitting there. So I walked him out and I said, hey. And he said, yes. I said, I can do that. He, do what? I can do what you sit right there in your window. He should have not hired me then. When I said that, knew I didn't know anything. He said, have you ever done this before? Yeah. Where?
1: <laughs> oh, you uh, were faking it big time, weren't
0: lying. you? Lying. You know, faking the line. <laughs> 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 hey, hey, line, so I said, uh, yeah, I can do that. He said, where well, you worked before having you, your entertainer, yeah, uh, what did you do this kind of stuff from? Eat rock, Eat rock, yes, and fountain blue, oh, really, you pulled some nice hotels out of your out of your pocket there sam i i i did i i, I did work them, but I was working at the cabanos, you know, like on Saturday <laughs> just to make that little extra money. So he said, you saying? Yeah. Are you a comedian? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I can, I can do all of that. What has happened, guys? I got caught in a lie. And I, I got to tell another lie on top of that lie and another lie on that lie because I don't know how to come out of the damn thing. Okay? <laughs> 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 That's what happens. That's what happens when you do that. That's what happens. So he says, we'd like to give you a try. So when you, can you come? Yeah, whenever, man. He said, well, what about tomorrow night? so you see how quiet I am now?
2: <laughs> yeah, right.
0: I said, uh, yeah, okay. He said, come in, we'll give you a try if you work. Then you, you got the job. Yeah, okay. So I had my, my gospel clothes. I took my suit and I went over there. By this time, Johnny is there. So he said, you do know some jokes. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He said, okay. Then after that, you may want to sing a couple of songs. You know some songs? Yeah, okay, good. And then here's the list of the people that's gonna be on the amateur album. Okay, okay. So I went up there. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. And my name is Sam Moore. Everybody say, yeah. Knock knock. People say, Who's there? Me,
1: if you don't care. Oh God.
0: Oh, <laughs> Oh, God. Oh,
1: boy. Good material, Sam.
0: Good material, big man. (laughs) Then I said something else. So I sang Danny Boy. Then I got ready to bring the artist on. Well, that's the first night. Second night, I did the same thing. The third night, Johnny called me. He said, to see you in his office. I said, okay. So when I walked in, I said, how you you like it, boss? He said, "Uh, Sam? Sam, it is, right? I said, yes, sir. He said, uh, Sam, uh, you sound stupid up there. I thought you said you could tell some jokes. He said, Sam, you know what? I got a feeling that you lied. Do you know any other song besides Danny Boy? Because three nights in a row you've sang Danny Boy. Uh, I said, yeah, I know you never smile again. He said, yeah, you did that three nights in a row, too. (laughs) Sam, first of all, stop telling the joke. You're not funny. That's not funny. Number two, I'm losing customers because you're not funny. You sound stupid. Well, what other songs you know? Oh, yeah, I, I uh, Sam, j- just don't do it. Well, I got a chance my last night, and that's how Sam and Dave began because when Dave came out, he had been winning, and I had heard about this young man from the gospel side that was going into the black clubs here in Miami. At the time, he was with his brother's group, the Hummingbirds. I was at the door and he walked up. I said, yes, sir, what can I do? He said, my name is Dave. I said, okay. Last name, he said Prada. I, I said, who? Prater. I said, oh, I remember you. I said, what song are you doing? Doing dogging Me Around. I said, oh, but I had heard he was winning with Sam Cooke, it means Sam Cooke well when dave got up there to move on here i got up and i said ladies and gentlemen uh young man dave Pruder, tonight i know you remember him from the clubs he's doing sam cook tonight he's gonna to do jackie wilson and he's gonna be doing dogging me
2: around
0: well here we go fellas dave got up there and Dave said you better stop your dogging me around that's good you better go me now when he gets to the verse, he says, I can't help it. Well, you got to understand now. Dave has a process that's now receding into a recess. He's sweating, and the grease from the process is coming down the side of his face. <laughs> and I saw this, and the audience, the people in the audience, especially our black audience, It said, "Get his ass off the stage! What is he doing? You ain't no." So I walked up, and I'm trying to help the brother. You know, hey. So I said to him, "Now this is happening on stage." I said, "Look, I know Jackie Wilson's song. I know the words to it. I'll stand behind you when you get to the verse. Just give me a nod, and I'll give you the words." Okay? I said, "Give him one more chance." So they they did it again. Got to the verse, and I stepped kind of back. And when he got in the verse, I said, can't help it. He said, can't help it. I said, much longer, much longer. It was in a spin. My baby's in a spin. I said, no. A... Now we're here and out there talking. Now I'm stepping back. I don't want these people to think anything. My foot got entangled into the cord of the microphone. It was going to the floor. Now the poor guy's having a problem as it is. He see the mic leaving him, going to the floor. (laughs) I see the microphone going to the floor without touching it. So I go down to pick it up. He goes down to try to pick it up. And, gentlemen, that was the beginning of Salmon Day because the audience went crazy. They thought it was an act. We were still working at the King of Hearts, right? Okay. Johnny was trying to do everything he could. And what happened... We had been to roulette. We had cut for Henry, and we had been on TV, and we were on a amateur hour, and uh, we were winning. Hey guys, Sam and Day was winning, man, until uh, we had an opera singer, and then the opera singer lost to us, but we lost to the monkey. <laughs>
2: no
1: way. Yeah, As no, so lose. many do.
0: Yeah, we lost to the monkey. So after that, somebody heard about us. Tom Dowd, Jerry Wexler. They came by. They heard us. Now, when they walked in, Ahmed was there with them. And we were singing the song, Don't Play That Song for Me by Benny King at the time. And the next thing I knew, we,
1: we got signed to Atlantic. Jerry Wexler decided you were better suited for stacks, and I think your signing bonus was like three or five thousand dollars then I you got think a th- it was yeah, I think it was I think it was. right and you got like a three percent royalty rate. That was a lot of money back then. at that time, oh yeah, when we got our first little uh, signing bonus,
0: man, oh gosh. and the first thing I did, I don't know what Dave did with his. I took my money and I went downtown here in Miami, I bought a ring, and I bought some shoes and shirts. and sh- Oh, man. Now. Of course you did. Oh, you know I did. And, man, we went to the club that night for the sign after the signing to congratulate and have at a party. And, man, we were just singing. I even forget the song we were singing. Oh, the club was packed. Oh, boy, Sam and Dave, and I threw my hand in clapping, and the diamond in my ring fell out.
2: Oh, no. And, <laughs>
1: that was some good ring you bought.
0: Hey, the thing fell on the floor, man. <laughs> and, I, I,
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and the people looked out and started laughing, and my little shirt, it got wet. It didn't fit no more, you know, and I was trying to hold it apart. And guess what I did? I went and got a process. Mm -hmm. Oh boy. I had my process. Oh man, you couldn't tell me nothing then. I was, that process started eating my head and I started
1: scratching
0: and that was
1: the beginning. Back then, you didn't really care for rock and roll or even soul. You were about call and response. Now that's a gospel church thing. Can you help help the audience learn about call and response? You are so
0: right. Listen, like I said, I'm a gospel singer, but I wasn't as famous as the gospel singers back in those days, like the Blind Boys and the Soul Stirrs. and I wasn't that famous in my group. But I was a call and response man. So when we started, we down to Memphis. Now, you got to understand something. I heard about it, and I had done my homework on Atlantic, they had Ruth Brown and Big Joe Turner and Clyde McFadden. Dance with
1: me, Henry. Yep.
0: Yeah, and all that stuff. Oh, man. Well, when I went to Stacks, they tried to make Dave and I harmonize. A lot of people don't understand Sam and Dave never harmonized. What, what we did, we blended Exactly. With calling response, you know, like yep. you in church. You know, I sing and, and calling and response, sing, Sam, sing, Dave, and that's the audience part, you know. So they did everything they could to get us to try to sing harmony with Dave, and Dave was a, a low third, I would just say a third-class t- baritone singer, and me singing all up in the air and, you know, out of control. Uh, it wasn't working, so... Isaac Hayes put it together.
1: Yeah, they, they handed you Isaac Hayes and uh-huh. then Dave Porter and then Dave Porter, right? Yeah,
0: man. Oh, when I first met him, you guys going to laugh about this. When we first met him, we, we went down there. I'm already hurt because we go into Tennessee and the and, and country to me to not understand it. So I remember so well, Jim. Jim Stewart was studying outside. He and his sister owned the stacks. You know, that's where he came from, Jim Stewart and Estelle Axton. So I stood there, and we were being introduced, and everybody seemed to be, you know, they had heard us do local stuff here, and it didn't go nowhere. Now, I look down the street, and I see this guy coming down the street. I would have let that go until Jim said, here comes your, your first producer.
1: And he had a shaved head.
0: With a shaved
1: head. Even back then in the outfits, back right? Back then,
0: yes. And he had this beard. And I looked, okay, I could have got away with that. Because, you know, hey, Rufus, he had his shaved head and all that stuff too. But yeah. Isaac had on this pink netted shirt. Head on a path looked like they were green pants, pink and green to me, and he had a white belt around. The, and I said, Who is it? And Jim said, That's the, the, one of your producers. Well, the tears walled up in my eyes. And I looked <laughs> down further, and he had on pink
1: socks. Were those tears of joy or <laughs> tears of, tears of, crying. I want,
0: <laughs> I, want, I, want, I want to go home. I want what to go
1: home. What are they doing to me? What are they to getting back me to into?
0: Yeah, I want to come back to Miami. And I looked down further and he had on white shoes. I said, I want to go home. Want, <laughs> hey, well, at least about, his
2: shoes matched his belt. It did, didn't it? <laughs> but, <laughs> now,
0: and he came in and oh, oh, I like, said, hey, yeah, okay. Oh, Lord. Now, Jim says, Oh, and here comes the other, your other producers, David Porter. Dave had on a stingy brim hat, a 90 some odd degree weather, and he's got an alpaco sweater, pair of pants, and listen, the cuff of the pants is like bell bottoms. And he got on socks with ribs in them, you know, like they did in the old days. And a pair of shoes that didn't have no strings. Now I'm really ready. I'm sick now. I'm sick. We went inside, guys. And they started playing these songs. You can imagine what happened after that, fellas. I lost it after that. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. I just know I want to come back to Miami. And, 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 and maybe and ask what do we do?
1: You
2: know, and that's what happened. What was it that changed your opinion about them? When when did you first go, oh man, these guys are good? I didn't. Oh really?
0: I didn't. Because every song they played, we don't fit into none of this. And the song they were giving I deliberately would sing it country. Joe the writer and W and, and Isaac said, "Come on, Sam, man, this is." But when they did, you don't know like I
1: know. I said, "Ah, that's where I was going." 1966.
0: 1966.
1: and, and that was oh, originally boy. called "You Don't Know Like I Know." What the Lord has done for me, for right? Me. Based that's on a right. church song, right? That's right.
0: And you know what? I thought I I really thought David had written the song. I didn't know. What do I know? I'm a new kid on the block. But David said, okay, come on, Ike. And they started playing, you don't know like I know. Oh, baby. You don't know.
1: had the ultimate backing you had booker t and the mgs and then you had the marquees i mean at what point did you know that you had a cracking band
0: i didn't know that they all called it the memphis sound right okay if you want to do that that's fine but it was actually isaac Hayes' sound isaac put all that together
1: Amazing, yeah! Amazing. I, he was
0: the one. He would sit at the piano, and this is a man that didn't read music anything. He would—I don't know what word to call it—but everything he did was from the, from the cuff. And he had these big hands at that time that could reach across the keys and ask the horns to do this or ask the horns to do that or lay out here. He, it was Isaac Hayes,
1: March nineteen sixty-six. I want mm-hmm. you to tell me the story. I'm going to just give you a cue. Hold on, I'm coming, and the men's room. Want to tell that story?
0: You know what happened on that? I went into the studio, and they had this song. Isaac hadn't gotten there yet, so David said, I have this song. So he had the words and everything, and uh, when Isaac got there, after we learned the song, it was like a blues, and we tried everything. We tried it slow. It was sounding like a blues. Oh, no, no, That wasn't working. We did everything to the song, Isaac did. And the next thing I knew, David had to go to the loo, to the bathroom. And uh, Isaac said that he, he was working and he worked and he worked and he worked. So when he got a thing, he said, I got it, I got it. So he said, hey, Porter, Porter. And from the bathroom. Porter said, hold on, I'm coming. And we said, oh, (laughs) it." (laughs) So we took a gamble and we sang it. Isaac said, that's not enough words to that, so come on. I think we can get away with it if you said, hold on, I'm coming, like that. We did the song. Sent it out back to New York, and within about I don't know about a, a week, or less than that, came back and said, "What the hell? What are you? Hold on! I'm. You can't use that. Those words." N- knowing Isaac with his freaky self, he said, "What's wrong with it?" He said, "You got to change those words and the lyrics." So they had to write words all over again to fit. It's supposed to be "I'm a coming." And, right. And, but, you know, I, I still say, hold on, I'm coming. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they, we got away with it, but uh, at first we didn't.
1: But that was the beginning. That really was the beginning of call and response yeah. for Sam and Dave as a hit. Right? Because yeah. you took because you took the first chorus and then Dave responded with the second verse.
0: Right, right. And you know what? You know why he did that? Because at that time there was no one, two, or three verses. It's right. just two. So right. where where they had me singing, that would have been a high key for Dave, you know? So to what he said, what we're gonna do. Let's write a third verse. I'm on my way, your love uh your lover. Wells, if you get cold, I'll be your cover. No They left it in because they didn't think they were gonna pay attention to that third verse, but they did. It went a long time before Atlantic would forgive us, would forgive <laughs> Isaac and those because they said Isaac. David, y'all are too suggestive. That's, you know,
1: y'all Oh, gotta, come on, you know, though. Yeah. You handed him, you, you got me humming later down the road. I, I mean, know, come on. I know. Come I'm on. God. Man, so what the... We're too suggestive?
0: Nah.
2: No. Wow, how about no. that?
0: Nah. Come on, guys. But I, again, ain't nothing we can say. Ain't nothing we can do about it, you know. Oh.
1: And you recorded live, right? You recorded live. It was one take on the fly, was it not?
0: Someti- well, oh something is wrong with my baby took uh, 36 cuts. Wow. Because what happened, what happened, Dave had a, a lisp in his speech, and uh, something is wrong. You see what I'm saying now? Something is wrong. With, and they was trying to get him to say just say something. But see, every time he would say something, that's... It would bleed. You know what I'm saying, guys. Y'all, you know, yep. you know, it would bleed. So what they did, they got a piece of uh, gum, chewing gum, and they put <laughs> it in his, put it in his top of his mouth, and they bent it inside, and it came out like you heard it. And the song actually originally didn't belong to Sam and Dave; it belonged to Little Willie Johns, Mabel, Mabel John. I heard the song as she was rehearsing the song, and that night, uh, Isaac called and he said, "Will you come?" you know, when you come down to the studio. So I went down and he said, Sam, sing this song. You know that song I was doing for Maybell? I said, yeah. He says, this is the words to it. He said, and uh, I'm going to sing Dave, wasn't there. I was saying Dave's part. And that's how that became and Dave's song. When something is wrong
2: That was a big hit for you and as a ballad. You didn't do a lot of ballads. Nah, but I
0: wanted to, though. I wanted to. I wanted to. Uh, but I really wanted to. But uh, you know what? I'll show you how much I knew at that time. You can't make a living off a of ballad. You know? Mm. At that time, that's what they told
2: us. Soul Man. Why don't you tell us about that one, which went to number one on the R&B chart and number two on the pop chart? Now, guess what I'm going to tell you
0: about that? Listen to this. When they presented the song to Dave and I, I listened. The word had never been uttered. That word soul, I didn't know. And I didn't like it. And I, I voiced my opinion about it. And they said, well, just try it. Sam, God, try it. So I said, okay. Little did I know it would become a song like blowing in the wind, it was gonna become a patriotic song. I didn't know that you know and, and, and you know when I found that out, I found that out about ooh, five years ago, wow, yeah, wow. five years ago, so Cropper, let me straighten that out for you. That was an opening always where the where, where the words were, and Jim was having a problem as engineer no i'm 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 sorry, uh. Yeah, it was Jim Stewart. He was having a problem. He said, tell him to fill it. Fill in something. Fill in something. Don't just leave it open like that. And when that intro- instrumental would come in, guess what? Who was standing in front of me was my dear friend, Steve Cropper. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, you got, you got where I'm coming from? Oh, yeah. So I'm standing there, and I said, play it, Steve. Bang. And
1: and he hit that solo. He,
0: not really. No? Uh-huh. At the time, I thought he did too, but I found out later on. He, they kept that while he was around, but uh, I found out later they had someone to come in to redo it. No, no kidding. No kidding, really. Yeah, guys, you're all the first one to know about this. That is a
1: legendary story. Yeah.
0: Whoa. it was. Uh, they brought in somebody to redo it. They brought in a young man. So he was the uh, guitar player for Isaac Hayes. Wow. And his name was Michael Toes. Wow. Yeah. How about used that? Play. Used to play with the Barcaes. Yeah. I think they say Michael was 16 or 17 years old when they brought him in.
2: know, that song got a huge shot in the arm in the late 70s when the Blues Brothers featured it in their movie. Dan Aykroyd has said that you guys were a huge influence on them.
0: I don't know whether either one of you guys remember uh, the club in uh, New York called My Mother's, My Father's, My Fa- Mother's Place.
1: You know what? I my think? Father's Place out on Long my Island. My Father's Place,
0: right, right, on Long Island. There at My Father's Place, I remember one night, we, we were booked out there the first time, and we sang the song. And by this time, the Blues Brothers, Danny and, and John, had done the song on Saturday Night Live. I seen it, but uh, hey, you know, we finished the show, and I remember so well, these college kids, they said, Sam, Dave, we were try to get in our car. Hey, man, hey, man, you know that song y'all got from from, from the Blues Brothers? What, what song is that? Yeah, no, no, you know that song, you know that song they, That song, that hit, the song they did, yeah. Y'all did a better job than they did. And I remember so well, they said, well, not as good as we did because it was our song.
1: You had a total of 10 consecutive top 20s on the R&B charts. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, my favorite AB side, which was a gold record, was I Thank You. And and the song for me, Uh to this day, is Wrap Uh It Up.
0: Oh, you remember that? You know what? Wrap It Up came, we were in Europe, And we had done all the recordings for Stax to give over to Atlantic to put out, but they needed one more song. So Tom came over to Europe. He came, and we were leaving Sweden to go to to Paris. So we had to find a studio to put the song down, wrap it up. And we did it there. And then we went on to uh, to uh, I didn't you know, rapper. I've been watching you for days now, baby. Now how suggestive can that be? Come on, exactly, right. exactly. Come on, put your
2: loving in my jaw. Jo- oh, come on, guys. It's not is <laughs> a- Isn't that? <laughs> come on, <laughs> totally innocent. That song is a hit on its own, and it was proven to be a hit when the fabulous Thunderbirds covered Thunderbirds, it and knocked it out of you're the park, right, man.
0: That's right, and and I'm going. Oh, and, and, and Annie Lennox, I think Annie Lennox and the Eurythmics did it, didn't
1: they? Yes, they did. I think yes, they, they did. did.
0: Think, yeah, they asked what I come to the theater in uh, in uh, L.A. and I went there and did wrap uh, it up with her. She like to blew my brains out on that song, wow. man. That wow. girl could sing. Yeah, she's amazing. Oh, wow. she's. Oh man, you guys. And, you know, but here here comes Mr. Diva now. You know, uh, she's from Europe, and and the Eurythmics, I don't know. You know, they want to do my stuff, huh? I I didn't understand that they had done the song, you know. Uh, Stevie Nicks came by to see her and all that stuff, Tina Turner and all these people. Wow. And I said, wow. So when it was time, they said, Sam, uh, uh, Annie's ready to do the song. I said, okay, all right. So I went on. I walked out there. I've been watching you for days now, baby. And I went through all my thing, And we got to the pot And then she came in with her pot I said, uh. so I blew at her. Uh, you you, 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 messing with Sam oh, now. Nah. I blew at her. <laughs> and guess what? She blew back. And I said, oh, <laughs> I'm in trouble. She like to kill me. <laughs> I've been watching you for days now, baby.
1: Hey Sam, I gotta hit you with one other one. Okay. I'm gonna give you the lyric and you'll Uh know what song it is. Love and affection to the bone to the bone. That is my favorite.
0: Love and affection to the bone to the bone. So sister, brown sugar.
1: (laughs) I (laughs) think the Rolling Stones owe you some major royalties because I own like four copies of that single and I play it (laughs) nonstop. (laughs) Did they, They did the song too? No, but they had brown sugar, my friend. They sure
0: did. They sure did, didn't they? Where
1: do you think that they got that from? That's
0: right. You know what? You right. That's right. I never thought. Oh, my God. I never thought of it. I'm not trying to cause a
1: lawsuit here, Sam. I, but, oh, my. Yeah, but man. Aside, you aside, you talk about lyrics, right? Love and affection to the bone to the to bone. To the bone. Keep yes. on socking it to me to all, me night, all long. night long. All night long. Seriously.
0: Now, how, now how suggestive is
1: but but and I would remember 1968, Sam, think about it. I was a kid. I didn't even know what those lyrics meant until maybe about a year ago. <laughs> I just learned. I just learned. <laughs> but I love it. And then that, that, that thing where you stop in
0: and do the, the slow part?
1: The middle, yeah! where, you're, where you're way up there, where you're way, you, you must have had some things that were really tight for that to get up all that high. Well, they didn't have Haynes panties at that time, so I just had on, you know, had on, whatever. What if I
0: had on? Whatever. You're going to edit this out anyway, so that's okay. No, we won't. No, we won't.
1: No, we won't.
0: Somebody said what's in the dark will surely come to the light. Now your days are brighter and your light lighter and the whole... You know what I wanted to do? You know what I wanted to do? I wanted one time to try to bring everybody together and do a concert of all the songs that I've ever done with a big group, have it filmed, and do a story and tell how it all began. I want to do it. Well, Sam, this has been so much fun. Thank you, guys. And I'll tell everybody you said hi. Thank you, Sam. Take care. Thank you. Love you. Love
1: you, man. Love you, too. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Well, I don't know about you, but the one thing I want to say to Sam
2: Moore for spending time with us is I thank you. (laughs) Yeah. And it makes you just realize when you start talking to him about all the hits they had, you forget how many hits they had. Sam and Dave were such a huge part of the 60s and early 70s music scene, not just in R&B and soul, but they influenced a whole generation of rock musicians afterwards as well.
1: Yeah, it is, really is like going to church. I am never going to be able to listen to a Sam and Dave song without thinking about call and response. I mean, I learned so much. And again, just we get to do this. And, and what could be more amazing than talking to people like Sam Moore?
2: Thanks very much for tuning in. Don't forget to listen and subscribe on iTunes so you don't miss the next Rhino podcast. Executive producer for Rhino Entertainment, John Hughes. Produced for Rhino Entertainment by Pop Colt and Rich Mahan Promotions. All rights reserved.